0: Are you ready, kids? <laughs> Is mayonnaise instrument? Oh, oh, oh! Hello, and welcome to Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with the honorary town rookie of the day,
1: Josh Himo.
0: As always, thank you for joining us. Josh and I are having another week where we break down an episode of Spongebob and let all you wonderful people know what life lessons you can learn. From this beloved Nickelodeon show. At the very end of this podcast, we're gonna give you a big old lesson that you can take home with you. Um, but uh before we jump in, Josh, I want to tell you something very, very important. I'm ready. Happy ten episode anniversary. Woo! We did ten episodes. So all the people who thought we couldn't do it, we just did. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Although, to be honest, like the episode could like not come out on Wednesday, and then that would be bad.
1: Yeah, some sort of disaster can happen. So yeah, <laughs> we'll so see. We
0: might have, we might have just jinx this, but we'll, it's okay. We're we're hopeful for the future. Yes. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. We're checking out season one, episode ten, culture shock and fun. Culture shock. It's another day at the Krusty Krab, and it's unusually empty. For the Krusty Krab. Spongebob is obsessively cleaning, and Mr. Krabs is standing by a free salad bar, which is weird because, you know, free at the Krusty Krab is not really a usual thing. And Squidward is reading a dance magazine and wishing that all the people inside it were him. A customer comes in looking for change, and Mr. Krabs and Spongebob do this, like, creepy, too much accommodation situation. They over-accommodate this, this poor fish. And Spongebob brings him his change, and, you know, the fish creeped out leaves. Um, Desperate, Mr. Krabs brings in SpongeBob and Squidward into his office, and he's like, we got to think of a gimmick to bring in more customers. SpongeBob brainstorms some creative ideas, and they're all kind of shot down, until finally Mr. Krabs is like, well, I'm kind of looking for something in, like, live entertainment. Squidward jumps at his chance, because this whole time he was kind of, you know, just sitting in the meeting, and he tries to convince Mr. Krabs to do a talent show so that way he could be on stage. And he tells Mr. Krabs, not only will you bring culture to Bikini Bottom, which Mr. Krabs doesn't care about, we can make a lot of money and your daughter Pearl will be a star on the big stage. So Mr. Krabs talked into doing this, says, okay, let's do it. SpongeBob runs off. He's like, I'm gonna go tell my parents. Like, I'm super talented. I can figure this out. So while setting up for the show, SpongeBob is super excited to be in it, even though he never really confirmed with Squidward to do anything. So he even makes like a little audition for Squidward. And he does a very impressive duo bubble tap dancing routine, which I enjoyed quite a bit. But Squidward shoots him down. And later that night, there's a nice crowd like showing up at the Krusty Krab. You know, it's the the opening of the show and all the usual people are there and SpongeBob mom and dad. So that's kind of nice. Squidward when he's giving his pre-show, I guess you could call it a pep talk. It's more like this is my time to shine and everyone else can, you know, suck it. Um SpongeBob is eagerly awaiting to be in the show and finally Squidward keeps like shooting down his ideas and he just starts to beg and beg and beg and like Squidward finally just throws him a mop and says, "You know what? You can clean up after the show." And SpongeBob is finally honored with a shot at the big time. So the show starts, and Squidward enters the show, and Patrick's cackling at every single joke, even though some of them aren't even jokes. And then we get to see some wonderful performances. Um, we see a nice cheer from Pearl that causes everyone in the house to like fly into the air, some poetry by Gary, a magic act from Plankton. And during the performances, SpongeBob is you know, bugging Squidward for feedback on his act. He's showing him mopping techniques, and he's even asking, what kind of cleaning solution should I use? And Squidward's just getting annoyed. So during Plankton's act, he decides that he's going to make a Krabby Patty disappear. And as he's trying to run out with the Krabby Patty, Mr. Krabs stops him, and the whole crowd kind of turns on Plankton and the whole event. Mr. Krabs is very upset, so he runs over to Squidward, and he's like, what are you going to do about this? And Squidward's like, you, know what? you know what? I got this. I have the best act for last. And surprise, surprise, it's the incomparable Squidward. Hopefully I said that right. He starts a... Very, very experimental dance routine and the crowd obviously super duper hates it. (laughs) They just go crazy and they start throwing tomatoes from this free salad bar. And Mr. Krabs is, you know, a savvy business owner. He's like, I'm losing money on this. So he starts charging a dollar per tomato to throw at Squidward. So he starts making bank off the salad bar. You know, Squidward turns on the crowd and he says, you barnacle heads, like you bottom feeders, you don't even know talent. And that causes the crowd to chant, no talent, no talent, no talent. And finally, he, you know, fed up, he leaves the stage and he's like, Spongebob, you go on. And then we see the magic happen. Spongebob starts mopping and the crowd loves it. They love it. They start going and they're like, we want more. We want more. And Squidward thinks it's for him. He jumps out and all the applause stops. And this happens a couple more times where it's like Squidward, Spongebob, Squidward, Spongebob, and no applause, applause, no applause, applause. And... Finally, Spongebob just steals the show, and Mr. Krabs shows up with a wheelbarrow full of money, and he's super pumped to do a show next week. And then Squidward is sad, and then Spongebob is showered in tons of flowers. And that is the end of the act. So, Josh, I have a very important question to you. As a theater person, What? how do you feel this, I guess, talent show cabaret, if you will, how do you think they did? I
1: think it was pretty decent. I was surprised how much money Mr. Krabs threw at this to build a stage. Like the production value of this entire talent show was kind of crazy. Like in the in a day, he was able to throw a stage together. They had a bunch of lights hanging down. Well, and, like you
0: can, it's kind of amazing what you can do with non-union crew. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, a union crew did not build that stage.
1: This is more of like this cheap scra- scape crab, like <laughs> yeah, can, can barely like. <laughs> justify having a free salad bar just throws together all this yeah it's pretty impressive
0: I, I was super impressed i was like this is this is nice so like I'm, unfortunately squidward got all like the real production like the balloons the lights the announcements the l- props i guess maybe that's where all the money went mm-hmm. um or maybe maybe squidward like had a hand in producing this because he did say it was like the squidward tentacles talent show or something like that mm-hmm. sponsored by the Krusty crab so maybe he's like executive like a co-executive producer or something like that.
1: Maybe. That makes sense.
0: That'd be good. Oh, some fun facts before we get too far into our wonderful lessons. Um, This is the first episode where we see all the main characters. And I guess SpongeBob Wiki considers all the main characters SpongeBob, Patrick, Squidward, Mr. Krabs, Plankton, Sandy, and Gary. So that was nice to know. Nice. Yeah. And it's also the first episode to take o- place only in the Krusty Krab, which is also a nice little factoid for that. Um so one thing I wanna bring up is SpongeBob's little role play that he does with the <laughs> the customer, mm-hmm. where he's like it's like you are the captain and I, a mere cabin boy, you say the word and throw me, myself in the brig. I was like, woo. That's pretty Bob, intense. I think SpongeBob uh has a a very active nightlife, after yeah. work life <laughs> because uh that was that was off the cuff and really good. So I was really surprised on how quickly he uh he came up with that.
1: Really into the role play there.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, a little a little <laughs> too into it. But you know, he's a he's a passionate guy. He's a passionate sponge. Yeah. Uh <laughs> but I think that's a good lesson in customer service. I think they were they were teetering a fine line of like too helpful. Um there's a place that I love in in the Phoenix area uh, area in Arizona. And I honestly don't know where else they are, but there's a place called Dutch bros, which kind of gives you that vibe. I don't know if you've ever been there, Josh.
1: Yeah. There's a bunch in Washington.
0: Oh, sweet. Yeah. So it's like a West coast situation, right? Hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, I think New York could use a Dutch bros. Cause whenever you go to Dutch bros, like some people hate it, but I love it because it's just so over the top. Ba- they're practically in your car and they're like, Oh, Hey, how are you doing? Like, what kind of day are you having? And it's like, too friendly. And they're but... all
1: like young 20s like all basically look like stoners like these over happy people.
0: Yeah like you're <laughs> like are these people like on some type of drug and if so how much of it do they take?
1: I did hear once from a friend um, friend of a friend who worked at Dutch Bros um, mm. that they just party all the time like while they're there afterwards so but they're, my they're question, just is, is it in happy. their
0: training? Is it their t- is it, are they that happy? Are they brainwashed? Or is it in their training to be like that happy?
1: Maybe it's they're told, like, just be really happy, be positive, and it just bleeds into their real life. Or they just is hire it, really happy people.
0: I like to think that it's just a really good hiring manager who's just looking at them and like, you're perfect. You're perfect for this job. You're the happiest person I've ever met. That, or they're all like on some type of drugs. I, I don't want it to be like some corporate thing where they're like this is our brand be happy. Mm. But again, I prefer that kind of service. Like I'd rather people be a little bit too attentive than the opposite cuz like then you're just sitting there and like you're having a bad time. And there's times in New York where it's that like that situation where you like show up, you come up to the counter and they're like what do you want? Not not hello, not like how can I help you. It's what do you want? Yeah. What do you want? And if you don't know, they get mad. People get mad, and they're like, all right, cool. Glad that you waited this entire time in line. You have no idea what you want.
1: I don't know. I kind of feel the opposite sometimes. Like, at a restaurant, if a waiter is too attentive, if they ask me every five seconds how I'm doing, and I have food in my mouth, that makes me actually more grumpy than if they would just be a little less attentive. I don't
0: know, because, like... Cause, like I'm trying to
1: enjoy my meal, trying to talk to my friends, and if you're going to ask me every five seconds how I'm doing, like... I understand you're doing your job, but back up a little bit.
0: Okay, but I want to flip the script. What if in a situation where, I'm sure you've been in a situation where there's no one around and it feels like they're ignoring you the entire time.
1: There's a there's a fine line. That's, yeah, there's two but extremes. But I'm
0: saying, so. of the two extremes, which one would you prefer?
1: Uh, Neither, actually. I think they're no, both No, you just have to pick one. No, That's a whole point of a hypothetical. I think hypothetical. I would prefer someone not be around, honestly.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've, been in many occasions where like man i really wish i just had a little bit of water or you know this person would show up with the check finally i don't know so it's like having that super
1: here. clingy friend that's just like constantly texting and asking you things it's like i would prefer to not have that and prefer some a friend who would just not text me that's right. kind of like
0: so. i got the note okay i'll stop <laughs> in <a second>. jesus <laughs> this is my get for yikes friends. <laughs> for trying to make friends Uh, I learned a lot about this episode in terms of like a little bit of vocab, you know, like, well, one of them, I knew what it was, but it was a lot funnier now that I was an adult. (laughs) But one that I was like, I got to Google this. Like, is this an actual word is when plankton goes up and he like, he's like using the powers of prestid. uh, I can't say it. Prestidigitation. Prestidigitation. Yeah. I think that's correctly pronounced, which just means like magic tricks. (laughs) And I was like, wow, like college degree, Sheldon, you're doing a good job.
1: Doing a good job. Look at you using your vocab words, your big boy words.
0: And then the joke that I missed when I was younger was when Squidward's introing the show and he's like, he's introing Pearl and he's like, proving that nepotism is alive and oh, well. Yeah. And like, Patrick is cackling. And then when I heard it for the, you know, whatever twelfth a millionth time I've ever heard this but actually paid attention to it now. I was cackling. I was like, that is a good joke. <laughs> I understand what
1: nepotism is. <laughs> this yeah. Is
0: funny. As a as a child, I yeah. definitely <laughs> did not understand that. No. Um but yeah, so what little lessons did you see, Josh? Did you see anything super um that popped out to you?
1: Um when SpongeBob uh at the top like beginning of the episode when he's saying I'm gonna go call my parents about like the talent show and stuff it's kind of important. Like, a little lesson there is like, involve your parents in your life. Like, even for SpongeBob, this little moment of just a silly little talent show at work, which ended up being this big affair, but still, it was big enough for yeah. him to be like, let me call my parents, let me tell them stuff I'm achieving. I think it's really easy to kind of lose track of keeping up with family and friends about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's important to just like kind of check in with them, especially that your parents. Is,
0: it is nice it, if you have good parents. Yeah. <laughs> but, your support system. Let them know, like, hey, I'm killing it. Don't jinx yourself. I think Spongebob pulled the trigger a little too too soon, but nothing nothing too bad. He he had confidence in himself, which I I um Yeah. I envy. When he's in that whole little brainstorming session, I think that's a good lesson. Like they didn't like immediately shoot down all his ideas. But Spongebob, you know, that's a good brainstorming session. He's just like boom, 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 boom. No idea is bad. I'm just gonna do everything that I can, and... um
1: Just contribute.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: especially in a work setting like that, like, it shows that you are more attentive or more engaged if you're contributing to a conversation or a brainstorming idea at work. And it's not that you're trying to, like, show off. It's more of, like, these are my ideas. I will be more involved if some of my ideas are, like, valid or something, you know?
0: Yeah, it's... Yeah. Um, it's just good to participate in a group work situation because even if you don't have great ideas, uh, if you participate a little bit, your your boss will look at you and be like, "Wow, that person has yeah, I don't know, charisma um, or something." Something charisma.
1: Useful. <laughs> Roll for charisma. Um, it was interesting to see how Squidward was able to manipulate Mr. Krabs into getting the talent show to go on. After we've seen Mr. Krabs be so manipulative in past episodes. Yeah. Just like a taste of his own medicine. I mean, yeah, but that, the thing is, it's funny because it works out for Mr. Krabs in the end. Yeah, it's, that, doesn't weak, work out for it's that
0: weakness that Mr. Krabs has. Yeah, for Pearl. For her, for Pearl and Money. Yep. His two vices.
1: They're all in the same thing.
0: I don't want to call Pearl a vice. That proves me out. That's weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Before we get too far into the episode, I have to, have to point out that I was literally watching the episode 10 minutes ago just to, you know, freshen up my mind since I wrote my notes, but Spongebob, when he gives the change to the customer, he snaps his fingers and in an instant, the stack flips. Either he's a magician or he's a god which we already know what the correct answer is to that. So I just want to bring that up.
1: He brought a bubble to life again in this episode. Like mm-hmm. his first talent that he shows is a tap dancing hippopotamus whole routine. <laughs> that was pretty impressive.
0: That's actually my stage name, the tap dancing hippopotamus. hippopotamus.
1: Yikes. That's not the worst, I guess. Can you <laughs> tap dance?
0: No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you don't you you don't know what kind of show I have, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So Squidward does something, which again is a perfect example of a Squidward moment where he just has the worst karma. And I think it serves a really valuable lesson for this um, act: is just because you have a talent, multiple things. So just because you don't have, a, just because you have a talent, doesn't mean that other people don't have a talent. And also, just because you have a talent doesn't mean other people will appreciate that talent.
1: Yeah, those two things I got is, like, A, know your audience. Like, if Squidward Mm -hmm. really understands the culture and the people of Bikini Bottom, which clearly he doesn't, Mm -hmm. then he wouldn't, like, put himself through all that and be surprised that they hate it. These are very apparently Mm -hmm. very simple people. All they enjoy is, like, someone mopping on stage. They don't need all this crazy over-the-top dance numbers and stuff.
0: Or maybe they just hate interpretive dance. Maybe. I mean, Josh, you do a lot of dance shows, like... Some of them can get pretty weird.
1: That's true. I have seen some very very weird shit in my day. <laughs> I think I, the worst thing I saw was some dance about oh man, what was it? Like the destruction of the environment, so they came out in hazmat suits and they slowly took off their hazmat suits and were just like walking around stage naked for a while. I was like this is okay.
0: Like Bare naked.
1: Bare naked with like green body paint and like leaves on their head to show like their environments being reborn and it was this weird like underscoring. It was very strange. Very, very strange.
0: Yikes. Hopefully hopefully no one from that show listens to the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Too artsy for them. (laughs) No, no, not artsy enough. That's what it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, I think art is super subjective, but I'm also in that situation where I'm like, if it doesn't make sense, well, it, it for me, it's, okay, what are you trying to give to your audience? What feelings, what vibes, or whatever? So if you're trying to confuse the crap out of them, and you end up confusing the crap out of them, then I guess you succeeded in whatever your art was. But If your art doesn't make sense on some type of level on what you're, like, projecting out there, I have a hard time with it. Yeah, like, if something again. doesn't have a clear, concise storyline, like, I don't need it to be, like, you know, a blockbuster movie where every single theme is repeated over and over and over again until finally you're like, "Oh, that's the theme." Um, when I've already heard it forty times, but it's one of those situations. It doesn't, not all of it has to be lightweight. But again, what is your what is your goal yeah, first, Just for most stuff?
1: Know your goal, know your audience. It's important when putting on like performance of some sorts.
0: Mm-hmm. And that mentioning goals, I think uh, another lesson that. I pulled out was help others reach their goals and you can reach yours. And Squidward didn't really give a crap about any of his openers. No. Um, Which I mean, like you can't predict how a crowd's going to react to a lineup, but there's a whole reason that when you go see a concert, bands have openers. And usually it's because it's to warm up the crowd and get them ready. And comedians use it all the time. They use someone to just, you know, loosen up the crowd or even like some clubs will be like you you know two drink minimum so that way your crowd is nice and like loose and happy and drunk for the main event so again if you help out the other people below you or beside you maybe they can help you you know reach that situation
1: yeah that's what i wrote it was just like don't be so self absorbed and like understand that helping others reach their goal, especially if you're in your position of power to help others reach your goal. In this case, Squidward is like the director of the show. He 100% could make sure other people felt good about themselves, especially SpongeBob, who's trying so hard throughout the episode. Mm -hmm. Probably would have made Squidward feel just as good.
0: And also just SpongeBob, his talent, just it being cleaning. Mm -hmm. Very, very important lesson because my grandfather is a custodian at a high school or was a custodian. It's complicated. He retired, but he still does stuff for them. Lots of different things. But always appreciate the custodial staff, which I'm tired of seeing people where they're like, oh, it's all right, someone will clean it up. It's like, yeah, someone will clean it up, so don't be an asshole and help them clean that up. I've I've called people out. I've been places where I'm like, no, 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 you spilled that, you should clean that up.
1: It literally takes like five seconds out of your day to do it. Like, And it's in any case, like janitorial, busboys, whatever, Like, if you're at a bar and you're sitting at a table and you just leave all your glasses at the table, like, take the extra two seconds to bring it up to the bar so they don't have to go and grab it from you. Like, just be a considerate person and be a little more clean. You know, Yes, it is someone's job, but, like, it doesn't kill you to take the extra ten seconds out of your time to help out. Mm
0: -hmm. All right, Josh, very important question. Mm -hmm. Mr. Cleanser or Dr. Clean? Mr. Cleanser or Dr.
1: Clean? Definitely Dr. Clean.
0: Fucking wrong. Fabuloso. That's what okay. you're supposed to use. Fabuloso is the best cleaning supply that there is. At me cuz I don't care. I'll argue with you. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind uh, defending my views. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to Squidward mopping and his like whole like knocking on everyone else's talents. One thing that I think is very important in today's day and age and we're a prime example, Josh, is just cuz you're doing the same type of thing that someone else is doing doesn't mean you'll get the same praise so like just because we're podcasting doesn't mean we're gonna get all the the wonderful love that all the other big podcasts get but same thing with youtubers i feel like every youtuber thinks like i can just do a vlog and i'm gonna get all this critical acclaim and i can be famous and do all this other stuff and they don't realize that 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 takes work like SpongeBob, there's a difference between SpongeBob mopping and Squidward mopping, and that audience knew. I don't know what the difference is, but they knew it wasn't genuine. He put that's his heart a, into it. That's
1: that. a really good point. I went and saw um, Markiplier live back in January, mm-hmm. and like he's a huge YouTuber now, and his friends that are on stage with him are pretty big YouTubers. And that was one of the consistent questions that he got was like, "How do you become big on YouTube?" And like he's like, "It doesn't come from just like posting videos. It comes from you." content like interacting with your audience understanding your audience like marketing yourself as a person and really mm-hmm. like doing it for fun and i think that's something people lose sight of when they try to do stuff of like with podcast or um youtube or like even with their work is like you really do lose sight of what makes it important what makes it fun and less of a job mm-hmm. um and i think it's really important to hold stay true to like what may what do you find fun and good about what you're doing because when you do that shows to other people and i've seen this with theater companies too that just produce like shakespeare or basic like basic plays or whatever like Mm -hmm. it once they start finding unique work that they believe really strongly into and really understand more that's when they start developing a better audience when they Mm -hmm. start, start playing true to themselves that's when their art form or talent or whatever really shows and i think that's why you get cases of people trying to do youtube or whatever. Or any kind of work, any kind of art or whatever, and if, it, if they're just doing it for the recognition of it, I guess, or just mm-hmm. to say that they've done it, it doesn't really show. And that's when, you know, that's why you get bigger people who actually put their heart and soul into something. That's when it makes a difference.
0: Yeah, and I relate, especially with this podcast, because I have such a TV producer mind sometimes where I'm like, we have to market it, we have to do all this stuff. But then I always have to just remind myself like I'm doing this because I like watching SpongeBob and talking to Josh about SpongeBob and just I'm always saying SpongeBob can help you out. Uh, You can always learn something. And I say it in a joking way, but also in a genuine way, because like it can when, you know, 10 episodes in, I feel like we're, we're showing that it can. Sometimes I do get caught up in the like, oh, man, I just want more people to listen to the podcast and not for the fame, but just because I want to share the community. And I think it's. Fun to do and fun to talk about, but yeah, you gotta you gotta do it because you like it. Because in the end, it still work.
1: Makes sense. Last little thing that I noticed, I'm gonna bring up real quick. The yeah. yeah, dance magazine that Squidward's looking at before, like at the top of the episode, mm-hmm. uh, has humans in it. The humans are the dancers and not the fish. So well, that's a huge point. I yeah. completely missed yeah. that. I was like, why? Maybe Sandy gave him the magazine, but I was a little confused.
0: Yeah, that is that's completely interesting. Maybe Squidward sees himself as a human. I think or that's one of the first re- times
1: we actually see like pictures of humans or any kind of like I guess other than Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Like right, he like shows that old man. Hmm.
0: I gotta sit on that. I gotta chew on that. Maybe it'll come back later. Chew on it. I'm gonna chew on. Like a on dog. It. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, more like a cow.
1: Yeah, that's because cows or a hippo in this case.
0: Yeah, they take a while. Tap dancing hippo. Like... Mm-hmm. Tap dancing hippo. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. All right. Let's jump to our bubble break. For
1: this week's bubble break, uh, we're going to take a page out of Act 1 and kind of talk about our talents. What would we do for a talent show? So, Omar, what amazing talent would you share with the world if you had the opportunity to?
0: Well, um, I don't know what I would do now, but I What's your ex have factor? Been, and, uh, I have been in a talent show before. Oh, wow. I've actually been in two talent shows, but the first one I don't really count because I was a child and I had no idea what I was doing. And then the other one, I was in middle school, so I was a lot more mature. A lot more
1: mature. Oh yeah. That's significantly more mature in middle school.
0: Um <laughs> The problem was in middle school, okay, I'm just gonna talk about the talent show in general. Is whenever you're building a talent show, make sure you have a div like diverse talents but also diverse examples of those talents because I remember when we did that like two girls sang the same song and so it's like one you're completely comparing those two people in like more ways than one Uh like instead of just being like oh like I like that act better than this act no it was it was more like okay we all I think it was like some Avril Lavigne song they sang (laughs) And then I think two people played a uh, Good Riddance by Green Day on like one was singing it and the other person was on just guitar and singing it. If you're ever programming a a show like that, programming for a show like that, maybe think about that. Even at the high school level, maybe be like, Well, one of you needs to pick whichever Levine song you want. I know we all want to sing about wanting to go home and living this lifestyle. But but anyways, uh we were the best for last for our talent show. Mm-hmm. And it was uh me and my buddy PJ, shout out to PJ, back when it was just him and I on guitar, and I was on drums, and uh, we just played an original song and brought down the house, much like Pearl did. So,
1: <laughs> People screaming my leg at the end of it?
0: Yeah, good. but like a good my leg.
1: All right, a good my leg, yeah.
0: Like Kind of like my neck, my back. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but like my leg, my leg. Good. <laughs> I don't know what I would do now, though. 'Cause like I'm not as good as I was at drums because I don't have time to practice. You just lit- release a, a bunch set. of
1: mice on stage and you catch them all.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. No, yeah. I'm not good at catching mice. That's a long term <laughs> that's a long term talent. Yeah, catching mice is a long term talent. Okay. That's like m- like weeks and weeks of hard work. <laughs> that's a good YouTube video, that's what it is. There you that's go. Someone the there's already YouTube's of that guy of a guy doing that. <laughs> Anyway, so what talent would you do?
1: I don't know. I never was part of a talent show. I did some backstage stuff for a talent show in high school where it was like people would sing songs or whatever and this one dude had a a magic act. And so he was like, you know what would be really cool? If you guys can like make us float in the air. So as stupid high school students with no supervision <laughs> running a theater, because someone thought that was a good idea, um, <laughs> rigged up the system for this dude to come up, it was like, Basically, like ratchet straps and fishing line, <laughs> like literal just fishing line, and like there is like so because like it was a uh, UHS is a school back in Tucson, it's University Heights, where all the very very smart kids go and supposed to prepare them for college, putting them know. on blast. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of them end up dropping out of college anyway, so whatever. Um, uh, <laughs> they had the smart kids in our stage crew were trying to figure out like exactly how much weight how much one thing a fishing line can hold. So they would put enough fishing line so it looked invisible. So we just rigged up this like ratchet strap fishing line thing to this dude and just like floated him up in the air. And the way that we held it um, was one dude had to wrap a like broomstick, wooden broomstick around the fly line, which people still do. It's like the, um, what was it called?
0: Industry standard.
1: Not industry standard. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> industry standard. No, it just like locks the line so the, the 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 fly line doesn't go crazy or fly off. Oh,
0: okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah.
1: So they just wrapped this giant broomstick around. And I think at one point, it like during rehearsals or we were just practicing, it came loose and just like spun the <laughs> around and like almost whacked someone in the head. So it was great. It was great, great, great. Um, what I would actually do now, I don't know. We used to do lightest song in college. If I could do lightest song for a talent, that'd be cool.
0: Like a real-time Light-A-Song?
1: Real-time Light-A-Song, yeah.
0: Isn't that how concert lighting works?
1: Yeah, basically. But Boom. with someone so, on there on stage.
0: Except this time it would be empty. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be good. I don't know if people would go for that, Josh. No. But again, so. like, it's good. We didn't think people would go for mopping. And they We're, did, so. Was. Oh, want me to tell you what I did when I was but a wee lad?
1: Yeah, your elementary school talent show.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if it was elementary school. I don't know where it was, because... You know, when you're a military kid, they put you in daycare a lot. It was daycare. <laughs> um, So it might have been like an after-school program. But I don't really 100 specifically remember everything because, one, I have a bad memory, and, two, I was like under the age of six, maybe, or seven. But I, I used to, and I can still do this, by the way, Uh, I used to think it was really funny that I could scratch my head with my foot like a dog. <laughs> So I think I did that on stage. as my talent.
1: I think you can do that now, but like furry conventions, just dress up as a dog and scratch your head on stage. (laughs) People get real into that. So there's a place for your talent. Again, know your audience.
0: I might check that out. I might become a furry. I'll have
1: to stop talking to you. Furries is where I cross the line.
0: Oh, yeah. wow. That's very bigoted of you. Uh,
1: I don't think so. (laughs) Everyone has a line, and that's mine. Act two, the episode of this is fun. Uh, we start off on a normal day at the Krusty Krab. Everyone's enjoying their Krabby Patties when all of a sudden the alarms start blaring. The security system goes down. Everyone's freaking out, and we see a Krabby Patty trying to escape. We learn it's Plankton trying to or controlling the Krabby Patty. He breaks out of the security system, and SpongeBob's all, heroically sets out to chase after him. They go through Bikini Bottom, and eventually. SpongeBob catches up to Plankton at a magic shop, where Plankton has now donned a disguise on the Krabby Patty. Mistaking him for a magician, SpongeBob talks to him and explains how he once met a magician who told him, if you believe in yourself and with a tiny bit of magic, all your dreams will come true. Plankton can't handle the purity of SpongeBob, and is like, I give up, I can't do this. And the cops come and the entire town starts celebrating SpongeBob for saving the day. So they sing his son- the Jolly Good Hero song, throw a little donut sash around him. And all during this, Spongebob realizes how much Plankton is hated and needs a friend. So later on, he goes to the chum bucket to try to get Plankton to come out and play with him. But Plankton is insulted. He says, nah, what do you naive cube? Why would you do this? Um, but his computer wife, Karen, comes up with the idea of saying, well, if you use Spongebob, you can get the Krabby Patty. So Plankton plays along. They go jolly fishing together. He quickly realizes that he doesn't understand the meaning of fun. And so SpongeBob sings the fun song, which everyone should know by now. If you don't, get out Spotify, get out YouTube, whatever you have, and listen to it. Treat yourself. (laughs) So they sing the fun song. And from a distance, watching from the Krusty Krab, Mr. Krab sees Plankton and SpongeBob hanging out, being friends, and says, Ah, mutiny. So he has to stop it. Uh, We see we go to the chum bucket where Plankton's getting ready to go hang out with Spongebob. Karen's calling him out being like, you know, you're losing sight of the plan. The plan is to get a Krabby Patty and you're getting you're going native. And when she pulls Plankton out from behind his changing screen, we see he's wearing square pants. So we see that he's actually developing a friendship with Spongebob, which is kind of nice. He goes to the Krusty Krab to go pick up Spongebob from work where Mr. Krabs starts accusing him of uh, using Spongebob. He's like, no, I just really want you know, to hang out. So Mr. Crab tries to see how far Plankton's playing into this and puts a Krabby Patty in front of him. Plankton doesn't play into it. The Krabby Patty's still there when he leaves. And as they walk out the door, Mr. Crab's like, oh, maybe I've been wrong. And we discover that the Krabby Patty had been a fake the entire time and Plankton had switched it out. So now we switch over. We're at the Reef Cinema. There, Everyone's watching the movie. Mr. Crab suddenly pops up in front of the projector saying, he's deceiving you. Check his wallet. Check his pockets. So everyone checks their partner's pockets, people walk out with money. Spongebob checks Plankton's pocket only to find a Krabby Patty. They have a typical marital spout kind of fight when someone discovers that one has been cheating on the other. It was kind of nice to see that kind of juxtaposition <laughs> there. <laughs> and Plankton's like, you know, you showed me the meaning of fun and what it meant to be a friend, and I, I didn't know what to do, and blah, 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 and SpongeBob's like, oh, are you serious? And Plankton was like, nah, it, too evil, or being evil is too much fun. Grabs a crab Patty and jumps through the screen. SpongeBob thinks he got away, but Mr. Crab reveals that behind every movie theater screen is really just a wall of cement. So he flicks Plankton away. Plankton lands and bubble bass his hand to be mistaken for a jelly bean and has to run for his life before getting eaten and that is the end of the episode. this episode holds a special place in my heart. I remember being at like my sixth grade friend crush's party at like Peter Piper and she Whoa, got wait,
0: wait, wait hold on break that down your' sixth grade my your sixth crush your
1: grade sc- your crush there you go. Yes. Your sixth grade friend. My sixth grade crush, yes. Got it. I was at my sixth grade crush's birthday party. Um, She loves SpongeBob. Uh, she got a alarm clock that would play the fun song as the alarm, and I was so jealous. I made my mom go out and buy me one the next day. I love that clock. I wonder what happened to that thing. It started going off randomly by itself, so maybe we destroyed it.
0: <laughs> so it got possessed like it a got Furby. Possessed, yeah. See, I thought you married the girl. I, I thought you married her and then divorced her and took the clock with you.
1: I mean, that could have been a grander scheme, but unfortunately, I am unmarried, so.
0: <laughs> Maybe
1: not unfortunately. Fortunately?
0: I don't know. Fortun- Pick I and choose. I fortunate. <laughs> um, I just love that moment of purity that SpongeBob has with Plankton, where he's like, if you believe in yourself and with a tiny pinch of magic, all your dreams can come true. Do you know what it's funny about
1: that, though, is like, everyone kind of makes fun of people for saying that like that's always like the stereotypical like oh you could do anything if you believe and have magic but like i don't know there's some truth behind that like just believing in yourself that's a little lesson here if you just like believe in yourself or have that good confidence like yeah you can be a successful uh, magician or whatever so there is some truth behind that like i have a confession to make well are you a successful
0: magician let's hear it when i was younger um I wanted to be a magician. It was actually the first thing I wanted to be. So I used to watch this show called, like, The Mass Magician, and this guy would just show us all the magician secrets. Oh, it was called, like, The Magician's Secret or something like that. But it was a mass magician who would be like, you want to know how they did this? I'm going to show you all the secrets, even though magicians hate that.
1: I understand your obsession with Penn and Teller now. Yeah. i got a deeper just, understanding like... of you as a person.
0: I like knowing how they're done. Like I've never been one of those like kids who liked magic that like actually learned how to do it because I know like other kids cuz usually this is what happens. I feel like kids learn that they like magic and then they try to learn magic and then they buy they realize that magic actually costs money to do cuz a lot of those tricks are like, you know, invisible string or something like that. And then if they don't develop the skills to actually do any of like the harder stuff, they turn to juggling and yo-yoing and all those other like uh um what are those things like those with the strings and like the like, like the big yo-yo it's like the giant yo-yo there's another ner- nah, name for it but like they i think they turned to that and i just stopped at the whole like i can't do this magic trick convincingly
1: they can't get the main act so they go to the other carny tricks
0: yeah exactly <laughs> which like those are also fun like i yeah. wish i could juggle but i just i'm
1: yo-yoing was really cool
0: I'm sure if I really set my heart onto it, I, th- I could get better at it. But yeah. That's how you know your passions from your hobbies and your actual careers, because I definitely cannot, I could not think that hard or try <laughs> that hard on anything w- pertaining to magic. But yeah. Not and working. then I wanted to be a marine <laughs> biologist. <laughs> so that's probably my obsession with Spongebob, because I-, I wanted to be a marine biologist next, and then boom.
1: There you go. That makes sense. Here Look, I am. Even more understanding.
0: Stuff and- Podcast. Wow. Boom. You're learning more, the more you know.
1: Spongebob wears a hairnet in the kitchen, which, again, we talked about in the last episode. No one has hair in Bikini Bottom, so I don't really understand why he has to wear a hairnet.
0: Style, man.
1: Is it the style?
0: Just like Cholos back in the day used to wear hair. I mean, I think they still do, but Cholos back in the day used to wear hairnets and stuff.
1: He did look kind of bad wearing that hairnet with the flashing red lights everywhere. Yeah. And speaking of flashing red lights, the security system in the Krusty Krab is insane. Like, how much money does he put into that? And it doesn't even work. It doesn't even work.
0: Well, that's actually leads me to one of the questions. I uh, Not the questions. One of the lessons that I wrote down was no system is unbeatable. Yeah. Remember that. F- future thieves of the Declaration of Independence or <laughs> part of Oceans 8, Oceans 11, Oceans 12, Oceans 13, or any of the o- oceans, the Atlantic Ocean, Pacific Ocean. No system is unbeatable. Every system has a weakness. That's true. So remember that. There you go. Remember that.
1: If your lifelong dream wasn't to become a magician and was to become a master thief, that's some advice for you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I hope that you use your talents for for good. The greater good. The greater good. Steal from the rich, give to the poor. Thank you, A-K-A Robin Hood. AKA, give to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm poor.
1: I need a <laughs> handout, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, we just gave you great advice, so please pass that back. Well, a couple fun facts. Movie screens actually have speakers behind them. That's something I didn't even know and I'm a film kid. I was like, I just assumed there was nothing behind there. But it does make sense, like that would be the perfect place to put the center channel for sound.
1: That's good to know. Cause I've I've always wondered like what's behind there.
0: Yeah, you can actually I googled it and there's just like it's like basically like a pipe system with different speakers on there. Also, if you listen with your, your owl ears, like we established uh before. Um, if you, when they put the donut sash thing on SpongeBob, oh, I finally get why it's a donut. I'm so dumb. Because it's a cop. Because it's a cop. Yeah, <laughs> I completely missed that. You guys just saw. I, wow. I was just like, "Duh, it's a donut." That's what I get for just being too involved. Not in a pretty the, face or smart. Story.
1: How much you got going? Maybe charm. Yeah.
0: Is it still opposite day? <laughs> um, but that same when they put on the donut, you can hear the same squeak from Squeaky Boots. When they put on the donut. And nice. when they, I think they take off the donut. Too. Throwback. So, a lot of like a metal little throwback in there. Also, another thing I learned about Karen. So, this is the first time we actually see Karen kind of do a little more than just serve as a computer and talk. Like, you can see, see that she's a little more sentient. Yeah. Because Spongebob season one, I don't know if the other seasons did this, I didn't go that far into my research, but season one is all cell animation, which is like classic you know, layering different scenes on top of other scenes. So, like, the background is on a scene and, like, the characters are on different scenes. And that's why, like, in old, like, cartoons and especially with SpongeBob and, like, Scooby-Doo is, like, a good example is when you see something that looks slightly drawn different than the background, then you're like, oh, that character is going to interact with that. So, like, because they're doing cell animation, Karen, her green light is actually a green, actual green light. It's like the part they didn't paint and put a green light behind it, which I was just curious on whether Plankton built Karen or not. So that's why I like went down this rabbit hole. But I found this little fun fact, which I hadn't seen before. And I was like, that's actually really interesting that like Karen's like an actual green. Like when they took the frame picture or whatever, it's just a green light. They used actual
1: robot technology for that. Good for them. Actual robot. Actual robot.
0: Karen's an actual robot. She's going to be, she's like Siri, she's with Siri and Alexa and they're all going to take over the world.
1: Strong woman, strong, independent AI woman.
0: <laughs> exactly. Again, another example, of SpongeBob leading the charge for inventions. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, SpongeBob, for influencing all of us.
1: I noticed something weird when they're like, uh, who's coming to save the day? It's SpongeBob. He like tears off his own skin just to reveal himself. Again, is that godlike power? Yes. <laughs> Molting his old skin to become the superhero.
0: Yeah, because that's like his armor. It was like him going Super Saiyan.
1: Super Saiyan. I was thinking, no, so I just literally was thinking about Dragon Ball when we were talking, when you're talking about cell animation. I would always be able to tell what rocks someone would destroy. I was like, that one's brighter. That's going to get blown up. And you feel as a kid when you realize that, you're like, oh, I'm so freaking smart. Like, I know exactly where Goku's going to blow up this thing.
0: (laughs) It's like, no, that's been been like that forever (laughs) before we get off karen um she when i I was doing my research i i read that she's the only character in spongebob that refers to spongebob as the spongebob so i have a counter or it kind of goes in hand with our spongebob as a god conspiracy that maybe spongebob is like like how we were saying like a reincarnation situation but like kind of like the one the avatar oh it's the SpongeBob, the Avatar, the the one like you know.
1: Yeah, some divine being or some super divine powerful. being that
0: that Karen understands comes through the ages, and it's like, well, if we use the SpongeBob, and then she's can a get robot, Pet so
1: it makes sense. She has a lot of knowledge at her hand. Or yes,
0: I, I still think that would make him a god, but it, like adds a different spin to it. It's kind of nice. Depends
1: on your definition of god, and I think that could be. Interpreted as that. I mean, to be fair, like in Last Anbender, the Avatar is kind of like a god. Yeah. Yeah. So, or even that's Neo cool. and the Matrix, the one
0: mm-hmm.
1: can be considered a god. So that's fair.
0: And what came out first, SpongeBob or the Matrix?
1: I think they came out around the same time, didn't they? 98. May- yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I do some research.
0: <laughs> the Wachowskis did not do their research pretty well. Or that's how they got the idea, probably, subliminally through SpongeBob. 1999.
1: Yeah, around the same time. There you go.
0: Hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's good to know. But now we can have competing conspiracies. Like, is SpongeBob a god or is SpongeBob some, like, immortal being that keeps getting reincarnated in every single version of Bikini Bottom?
1: Let us know what you think. Um, another throwback I saw is at, while before they start singing the uh, You're a Jolly Good Hero song, Uh, Squidward kind of goes off on a little tangent about how much people hate Plankton and like yeah I know like he knows how it feels to be hated I think that's just like a reference to the most hated thing in Bikini Bottom yeah I think it's like a reference to Act 1 when he literally was like the most hated thing in Bikini Bottom during the talent show everyone wanted to throw tomatoes at him like everyone thought he was awful so it's a nice little throwback to like the 11 minutes before you were watching
0: that's a perfect example of how quickly that if you're in power and someone else isn't in power that the power can get to you. Yeah. Like now he's being discri- well, he's discriminating against Plankton. And granted, Plankton is kind of an apple, so but so is Goodward, you know? And mm-hmm. he knows the feeling of being uh of being isolated in that way.
1: And so he just joins on the band bandwagon and hating someone else.
0: Yeah, it's a lesson for you. Don't if try to put yourself in that person's shoes. Especially if you've been there before. Come on. Yeah, you know, that's and I think
1: that's something that's really admirable about SpongeBob in this episode. He sees that Plankton is this like troubled being, he's just like this outcast. And if he takes the time to be friends with him, maybe he'll feel better, maybe he'll be a better person. And I like really appreciate that about SpongeBob because it takes a really deep understanding of like not only of like social structure, of not wanting to feel empathy, yeah, empathy of like understanding someone needs that friendship, but also like. Not playing into the social structure of being like, man, if I hang out with this person, I'll be the unpopular kid because this person's unpopular. It's like, nah, it doesn't, popularity doesn't mean anything. Like, Mm -hmm. really doesn't. Like, if you're enjoying someone and just want to be friends, just like reach out to them.
0: I was really impressed with that too. Yeah. I think it's good to have that little reach out moment Mm -hmm. situation, especially with how people have been, you know, how like people get sometimes they get like very like angry at someone for something. And it's just like, maybe if you just reach out and you. do something, or something happens between friends and stuff, like, just reach out. Yep. What I loved about this episode is there's really nice puns in it. So when they're singing the fun song, they're singing a different version, they say nose-picking, and they're literally picking noses, like actual noses. Like looking
1: at a display of noses and trying to decide which one they want. Like picking. Exactly. Yeah. Choosing.
0: And then um, when they say, when... SpongeBob visits Plankton, he goes, Oh, our special of the day is Chambalaya, which reminds me of like uh, Jambalaya? Yeah, ju- yeah, well, not jambalaya, but it reminds me of uh Bob's burgers. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. You can that's clever. chive my you can chive my uh what is it?
1: Chive my car burger? Isn't that what it is?
0: Something like that. Ch- you can yeah. chive my car burger. Yeah,
1: that's what it is. It comes with little pickles as Wills.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then at the very end when they're in the movie and Plankton's gonna go through the, the uh through the screen uh, the movie's like you can you nothing will ever tear us apart and, and then they get torn, torn apart yeah that's great <laughs> the lesson I wanted to bring up is if you're caught in a blatant lie sometimes it's best just to confess
1: and not dig a deeper hole
0: yeah exactly I've had I've been caught in lies that way when I was younger when I was a l- younger kid where I was like oh well and your mom shows up and she's like did you do this and I'm like eh No, this person did that. You know, it's like they know. Just just confess and let the truth set you free. Even as an adult, I've had uh, a friend of a friend. They lied about, oh, no, I don't want to like hang out or I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. And turns out they were lying and they got caught. And I don't think that person even ever admitted to lying. I think they're just they're still digging, which I think is crazy. Just confess. Just be like, hey, sorry. And then tell them the real reason. And if the real reason's too mean, tell them another lie, but make it sound like a a real reason.
1: Well, especially with friends, like, I think it's really easy to, like, make little, like, everyone has, like, their little book of excuses of why you don't want to hang out. You just tell people, like, nah, I'm not feeling it. I don't want to hang out. Like, and we definitely said this before as far
0: as, like, yeah, just be honest. Just
1: be honest about it. If you keep digging yourself into a lie, like, it's going to catch up to you.
0: Yeah, and then you betray that person's trust. That person um just can't be trusted. Yeah. Sometimes.
1: Yeah. Cause like um, say you're going out and like you say you make this excuse, like, nah, I'm gonna go help my mom, but you actually go out and run into these other people. If you would have just said, no, nah, I don't feel like hanging out, I feel like that's a little bit more acceptable to run into them in like public because you'd be like, Yeah, I didn't feel like hanging out with other people. Instead of just making up this lie that you go help someone or had other plans.
0: There's a, a famous quote by the Lady Gaga. That I like to bring up in this situation.
1: Mother monster.
0: <laughs> Trust is like a mirror. You can fix it if it's broken, and then Beyonce finishes the quote. But you can still see the crack in that mother f- reflection.
1: Oh, is that from Telephone? Yeah. God bless. My favorite. <laughs> it, it
0: might be flipped the other way. I am going like semi off the cuff, but it might be the flipped around where Beyonce says the mirror line. I've seen that video a lot. It's a solid. I love video. that music video. It's really good the dance moves, the choreography, I love it. But yeah, just don't betray that trust because it's true, like once once it's broken, it's kind of hard to fix. Yeah. Takes a lot of effort to fix it. I want to go back to the fact that like sometimes reaching out is very good, but also some people need a hand, but sometimes you just got to recognize when people are just assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, also that. Like yeah. Plankton was 100% like, you know what? I he he nailed it on the head. He was like, "Oh, well, I just needed a friend." And then Spencer's like, "Really?" And he's like, "No, I just like being evil." And then he just runs off. Which like it's a funny movement, but it's it's good proof there there are, there are just some people who are rude. That was a
1: big ep- the lesson I got for this episode was like it's important yeah it's important to like reach out to people try to make friends but and try to help someone like if you see that spending a little time with someone helps them out or will make them feel better like it's okay to try but understand that there are some people beyond saving and like if you spend too much time trying to like help this person or be a friend to them is not it's not gonna work and don't invest too much time into it and I think that's really important to kind of recognize that some people literally are beyond saving that their habits or or their 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 downfalls are just personality yeah their personality is just too much and that you really can't do anything about it you might feel bad and you can still try to extend and be supportive to them but don't try to like change their life or fix them
0: yeah leave that for the therapist
1: yeah exactly
0: not your job speaking of changing people when spongebob goes to the whole fun song It was really nice of Plankton, even though it wasn't like intentional for him to eventually try out doing the fun song.
1: I genuinely think that he was at some point enjoying himself. I did think because I don't, there's a whole thing when he, like I said, he gets pulled, um, Karen pulls it, picks him up and he's wearing square pants. I think he did actually want the friendship and he was getting attached to SpongeBob. So I think he actually was playing into the fun song. I think it wasn't until Mr. Krabs intervened and like, try to, like, bribe him with the Krabby Patty that he realized, like, oh no, this is a much more important goal to to me than friendship.
0: Oh yeah, and that that pissed me off too, because I can't tell you why, I don't know why people think that's a good idea, like, okay, here's a person who is trying to change, and I'm gonna tempt them with the thing that would change them back. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you do that? If, like, Mr. Krabs had been like, okay, go, you would have never gotten the Krabby Patty stolen. Yeah, yeah. Spongebob would have had more time to pick at plankton and maybe make plankton nice and a better
1: person who knows mr crab just screw that all up
0: yeah it's kind of like uh sometimes i'll see prank shows where they're like oh well i think my boyfriend would cheat on me so i'm gonna have a hot girl hit on my boyfriend." yeah and or we're like to see how he reacts it's like that's
1: i don't know i, I always found that fish like weird like driving to school in the morning like i'd listen to like a radio show where they would do that they're like, yeah, yeah we're going to call this person's uh, boyfriend or girlfriend and like ask him if they want to send flowers to someone else. I'm like, man, if you have that much distrust in your relationship, like you shouldn't be Just in that relationship. Up. Yeah, there's already Just something wrong up. there because even there's something it,
0: wrong with you or that person. It, what's
1: even crazier is like when the person actually sends flowers to their girlfriend or the person on the other line. The other person still blows up at them and was like, "Oh, but you've been talking to this girl or you've been talking to this guy." And it's like, "Okay, but you already have all this fight. Like, what's the point of doing all this extra theatrics? Like, just break up it's with just,
0: them." It's just good uh it's just good radio. Yeah.
1: It's just so silly.
0: But yeah, but with Plankton, sometimes we need to try out those silly stupid ideas and have some fun with it. I can't tell you how many times that I've personally been a little bit res- reserved, and I think actors are really good at at channeling this and where they're trained to channel this better is like being comfortable and doing silly stuff and being silly and kids are really good at it too. They're just like, they just want to have fun at the end and just having fun is, is good. Yeah. So they, they go with it. They sit down and have a tea party or for actors. It's like they can improvise. They can do all this other stuff. And I think we do, we as people like normal people living through, not that actors are normal people. (laughs) we as just everyday people walking around can, you know, learn a little bit from our fellow actors and from children and from other people who are just a little less reserved than, than most people. Yeah. Good. Just have some fun with it. You can be silly. You can enjoy yourself.
1: Also, like a little thing when Plankton is wearing the square pants, that is a very like common thing I notice in friendships and I do it all the time um that when you're with someone for a while or like you just pick up the mannerisms or pick up like habits they do i can't possibly mention how many times i have like been in a situation where one person has this like little quirk or says something and then everyone else in the situation says it like last year i would okay. say goodbye forever to people and now it's been a thing at the summer stock ever since like i'm now people <laughs> even still say it i'm like what is this like,
0: like goodbye forever.
1: Goodbye one forever. thing
0: uh, Tima is very good. Our intern is very good at uh picking up other people's mannerisms, and I can tell because sometimes she'll come home and I'm like, "Where did you? When did you start did saying you start that?" Start doing this, and it's worse because like I'll make fun of her for it, and then I start saying it unironically. Recently, one thing that I, we do kind of I bring up with her is she'll say like, "Cool, cool, 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 cool." Yeah, and I don't know where she got it, but like other now i say it like i've been doing it a lot too oh yeah i've been doing that a
1: lot too but i have noticed people here have been doing it a lot too so i don't know where it started because i asked i asked people here like have you noticed like i do this thing i was like but i say good 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 or great 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 and like you've always done that i was like okay but i've never recognized it until you start hearing other people do it where does the infection
0: start where where does the (laughs) infection start no, it's true. Like, I thought it was, like, a Broad City thing or something else, but, like, then I hear other people do it who never watched Broad City, and I was like, I don't know.
1: Where did this come from?
0: But, yeah, but it is interesting how you pick up other people's personalities and stuff, and it's very important to surround yourself with people that are good people.
1: So you pick up the, yeah. I mean, and, like, I think it's kind of flattering in some way, because, like, people say, like, imitation is, like, greatest form of flattery. I think that's with with your friends. Like, you pick up these quirks that you find funny or, not, or like, cool, and it's, like, it's showing that you are, like, I don't know, that you understand them as a person, that you pick up those traits. And I think that's good. That's cool to see.
0: All right, so I think we're going to go ahead and jump to the big lesson. All right, so for our big lesson, Josh, what have you learned from this wonderful episode of SpongeBob?
1: I really took home like just the understanding and aspects of friendship. I think in both episodes, it really touches on how friendship can affect you and um in positive ways and in negative ways so like in the first act we see that if SpongeBob or Squidward would have been a better friend and a better like understanding and more focused on helping other people like not more focused but really trying to focus on helping other people reach their goals, which is a friendship thing his talent show would win a lot better um and then we see the whole friendship play- thing play out for Plankton and Spongebob that this thing, this positive trait could have really, really helped Plankton become a better person. So I think it's important to realize like friendship, um, because we are social beings, that friendship is really important in your life and to really kind of like embrace that.
0: So like what you kind of got was like friendship affects you. Yeah. So be careful who you're friends with kind of situation. Yeah. Cool. Mine, slightly different. Mine is do your best to appreciate and understand other people for who they are. So I think Squidward, kind of along the lines of what you were saying is like being a better friend. I think if Squidward would have just looked at the people around him and looked at, I mean, he knew Mr. Krabs very well. He understood what Mr. Krabs was going for. But if he had just given SpongeBob kind of the situation he wanted, maybe in the beginning, maybe he wouldn't have been upstaged by SpongeBob. If he had just like, again, appreciated SpongeBob for who he was, got like a chance to really know him better he might have saved his uh, his whole situation. They show. might have done a duo act. It would have been a, a duo act, or maybe when Squidward sucked, he could bring SpongeBob on, or, you know. Yeah. You could play off it better.
1: Could just have the situation better.
0: Same thing with Act 2, is like Plankton, if SpongeBob had just taken the time to like really understand Plankton, he wouldn't have wasted his time trying to fix Plankton. Yeah. Because he didn't know that, you know, Well, he knows that Plankton's evil, but he didn't know that, like, you know, he has Karen. He thinks Plankton's all alone, but Karen's there influencing him as well. There is some, like, history between him and Karen as far as... It hasn't been explicitly stated that she's his wife yet, but we learn in the future that it is a computer wife situation. So Plankton has a wife, and that wife's going to have an influence, and if his wife is just as evil as him, you're not going to get between those two people. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think just understanding the people around us can lead us to making better choices for ourselves. That's fair. Yeah. So that's what I kind of got from both of them. That's what I smushed together. So I think that's going to be all for today. I hope you all enjoyed listening.
1: Yeah. Thank you for joining us for 10 podcasts
0: so far. Yeah. Thank you. 10 podcasts. If you've made it this far, thank you. If you're barely starting out here, also thank you. Go backwards or forwards. Hopefully, there's more stuff forwards and backwards. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us at ismaynaysapodcast at gmail.com. Also, ismaynaysapodcast.com in general. Also, we're on every single social media situation. So find us there. or on Twitter at ismaynaysapodcast. podcast or on Facebook, podcast. Everywhere else, podcast, basically. So you can find us. Search for us. Reach out to us. Send us an email. Our inbox has been a little bit quiet lately. We miss you. Emails from people. <laughs> or shoot us some texts. Also, another thing, if you could like and subscribe and just rate us, leave us some comments, that'd be great. Also, share with your friends. We want more people to listen to this podcast, and we want you to have a wonderful community of friends that listen to this podcast as well. So, yeah. Um. Anything else, Josh?
1: No, I think that's it.
0: No, I think that's good. Again, thank you so much for listening. And also, always remember to have fun. What is fun? Well, let me spell it out for you. F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. N is for anywhere, and anytime at all. Down here in the deep blue sea.